world's most economically vital waters. And it is a war that the United States has been losing. Of course, the concepts of losing or winning are different than in a traditional conflict. For the United States to win does not imply the destruction or subjugation of China and the signing of surrender documents on the steps of the Great Hall of the People in Tiananmen Square. Even if the United States could achieve such an outcome, which it can't, why would it want to? China's four-decade transformation from an isolated, impoverished third-world nation to a thriving market and trade-based economic power has overall been good for the world and for the United States. It has helped lift hundreds of millions of people out of poverty, not only in China, but throughout the Asia-Pacific region, and it has stimulated trade around the globe. It's why Americans can buy a laptop computer for 200 bucks. An actual war between the United States and China, even a limited one, would be a human and economic catastrophe for both sides. America does not win by seeing China fall. Instead, to win this warm war requires only that the United States force China to peacefully operate within the very system that made China's economic rise possible in the first place. In other words, America must require China to respect and maintain the status quo. That may not sound like a particularly inspiring rallying cry, forward, forward to maintain the status quo, but for the United States and the world, it is the best possible outcome. The status quo in this case means the observation of international rules by all nations, China included, the peaceful resolution of disputes through international law and not through bullying and intimidation, and most important, the maintaining of safe, free, and unrestricted passage over the Western Pacific and its subordinate seas for ships of all nations. Ever since World War II, the United States Navy has successfully stabilized and protected that safe and free passage in the Western Pacific and around the world. If it continues to do so, if it can deter China from its goal of imposing a new order on the high seas, then America wins. If it can't or won't do that, then America and the world will lose. For the United States to lose this non-traditional conflict with China does not require its ships to be sunk, its aircraft to be shot down, its young men and women to be killed in combat. The United States can lose without a shot being fired simply by reducing or withdrawing its military and especially its naval power from the Western Pacific region. That withdrawal could be prompted by economic considerations, popular isolationism, or even fear of conflict on the part of the nation's military and political leaders. In short, America could lose simply by not trying to win. And for too long, that's exactly what American political leaders and some American military leaders have been doing, not trying to win. In the past, they've failed to even acknowledge that the warm war with China exists, 
preferring instead to view China as a potential military partner rather than a military competitor. They've refused to accept that China's current leadership doesn't respond to Western concepts of moral persuasion, that the leadership responds only to displays of strength, economic, diplomatic, and military. It's been a policy of accommodation, some might call it appeasement, with a Chinese leadership that has taken full advantage of American complacency to expand its aggressive military reach in the Western Pacific region to the detriment of its neighbors. Only relatively recently has the American defense establishment begun to recognize that America's economic and national security depends on having the will to win the warm war with China. So, how did that happen? And how, in the face of an increasingly assertive and militarily powerful China,